Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, or, well, socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 77. We thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to the brand new Torchy's Tacos with our trivia question of the week. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Local residents cry, not in my backyard, and win. Mansfield Cares channels Las Vegas for charity. We'll talk about special events, awards, and a touching letter as we spend a moment with the mayor. COVID-19 is still here, and rocks keep falling on our planet. New fine dining restaurant set to open soon in Mansfield. I hate bugs. You hate bugs. We all hate bugs. So how do we enjoy our summer when there's bugs all around us? I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin, and I'll get you wired into the answer in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, we'll be talking about a cocktail that screams summer. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and Steve concludes his fun in-studio talk with local musician Stephen Shaw, also known as Elvis T. Busboy. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area, and when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as, where are they based out of and how many years' experience do they have roofing in North Texas? Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, Trinity Roofing and Construction, a Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. That's trinityroofingconstruction.com. Did you know that Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Interested in working in radio, film, advertising, or another area of communication? Learn more about the communication programs at Southwestern Adventist University at swau.edu. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hi, this is Mansfield Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Trinity Roofing and Construction. It's being called a historic decision as the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality voted two to one last week to reject an air quality permit application filed by Bosky Solutions, which would have led to the construction of a concrete batch plant just outside of Mansfield on Gibson Cemetery Road. Jan Hurlbut is with us on the telephone. She lives less than a mile from the plant's proposed site. She helped raise funds and organized nearby residents. Jan, it sounds like it was an arduous battle. It was, <laughs> to say the least. Let's give some backstory to uh, the listeners that uh, that may not be familiar with this. Let's talk about, first of all, how long, when did this uh, project start? When did this come to the, uh, come to the attention of the residents? And, and what was your action after that? 
we first heard about it from a neighbor on our street that said, someone called him and said, hey, I'm glad I don't live where you live because you're going to get a concrete batch plant in your backyard. And by word of mouth, that is how we heard about it. In July of 2018, we realized we had a very short window of time to file a protest against this plant. I mean, a matter of weeks. And it was a formal protest. Everything is set up by TCEQ, which is the Texas Environmental Commission. And they have a certain format with deadlines and everything has to be, all the I's have to be dotted and the T's have to be crossed. So we rushed around and did our homework and did what we were supposed to do to file our uh, protest against this plant. And what were the concerns over a concrete batch plant? The concerns that we realized after reading the permit was that it could allow up to 600 concrete trucks per day. Uh, that's the maximum capacity, uh, that it could affect the air, the water, noise pollution, traffic pollution, traffic safety, road and land destruction. And uh, that's just some of the uh, problems that we realized could happen with a, a concrete batch plant. And not only did the residents get involved, but I believe there were some city officials and eventually a state representative that also got involved. Yes, we had a lot of officials and, le and legislature that got jumped right in. And bipartisan support, by the way, Democrats and Republicans all opposed this concrete batch plant. The city of Mansfield and when David Cook was mayor, uh, backed us 110%. They, they even sent a resolution or voted on a resolution back in, I believe it was the fall of 2018, opposing this. Right, please record your votes on the motion to approve the resolution, which opposes. Motion carries unanimously with Mr. Newsom not present. So uh, at the time, the senator for our region was Connie Burton, who was a Republican. She requested a public meeting on it. Um, Bill Zedler, representative, uh, also requested a public meeting on it. Um, and our Tarrant County Commissioner at the time, Andy Wynn. This is how long ago it was because we've got other people replacing some of those people now. And they're also against it. So the neighbors rallied the troops. We had a meeting in the fall of 2018 and over 400 people attended. 400 people, by word of mouth, just got around. CCEQ was represented there. John Sheffield, who is the owner of Bosky Solutions, representing the concrete batch plant, was there. And one after another, people stood up and voiced their opinions as to why they opposed the concrete batch plant. What were some other reasons? One is being put in our neighbor's backyard, basically. At the time, they were sharing the same driveway as the house with kids that had been there. And the school bus stopped there. The Mansfield school bus stops right there. Can you see 600 concrete trucks coming and going out of that entrance? But it was horrible. And so what makes this historic is that this is the first time the TCEQ has ever denied a batch plant. Is that correct? That's right. After, uh, after going through a contested case hearing, and I like to say that TCEQ holds all the cards and they dealt us one from the bottom of the deck because... They have authorized since 2012 over 800 standard permits for concrete batch plants. All of them have been approved. Um, very few were even allowed to get to the contested case hearing. We're not against concrete batch plants, Steve. Um, we believe in them, but we believe in a proper place to put them and not in somebody's backyard. Is there an appeal process or is the batch plant uh, just outside of Mansfield a dead issue? <laughs> There is an appeals process, and Sheffield uh, is able to appeal this uh, decision by TCEQ. However, it was a two-to-three decision. Um, two of the commissioners were against the concrete batch plant. The head commissioner, John Nierman, uh, has been for approving this plant from day one and even said so at the last meeting. 
Organizers have spent well over $100,000 in attorneys and other fees. If you would like to help offset their cost, you can contribute through their GoFundMe page. Just log on to GoFundMe.com and search for No Neighborhood Concrete Plant. We will keep our eye on this story and give any updates as needed. Mansfield Cares had to cancel their annual fundraising gala this year due to the coronavirus, but they've added a new summer event, a poker tournament and casino night. Event coordinator Valerie Haig fills us in on Viva Las Mansfield. Well, uh, because of the pandemic, Mansfield Cares could not have their normal gala in February of this year. So we decided to put on a Viva Las Mansfield, which is going to be held at El Primo's in Mansfield. And it is to benefit the Feed the Children campaign, MSID for their shoes for deserving kids and backpacks and local pantry food pantries and this takes place when july 24th of um, this year and it'll be from 6 to 11 p.m and you can get tickets at our website at mansfieldcares.org the tickets are 125 dollars per person Um, We are a group of 40 volunteers who take no money out of all the money that we raise. We have a limited number this year of only 227 tickets. 27 of those tickets will be for specifically for a poker tournament. What are some of the activities or events that are going to take place at Viva Las Mansfield that uh, Mansfield residents can look forward to? Well, we have gaming tables, which are um, craps table, roulette, three-card poker table, and blackjack. Um, We also will have entertainment, a DJ. It'll be on two floors of El Primo's, upstairs and downstairs. We will have food and a dessert bar, and and you can dance if you'd like. If you don't want to gamble or, you know, have fun gambling, that's about it. And it all takes place July 24th, 6 to 11 p.m. at El Primo's. Right. Tickets are on sale right now? Correct. Viva Las Mansfield. You can buy tickets at mansfieldcares.org. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday night, and the following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. This is a moment with the mayor on About Mansfield. Good morning, Michael Evans. Good morning, Steve. How are you today? It is a beautiful morning. It is that. It's We're in summertime now. It's good and hot. Yes, I got up with the sun, which is pretty <laughs> rare. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about what happened on Monday night at the uh, the council meeting. First of all, you you gave out some awards. You know what we did? We we were able really to uh, witness a very fine. Um, presentation uh, that was uh, done by the Chisholm Trail 100 Club's uh, Lifesaver Award, uh, which recognized our Mansfield uh, Police Department and specifically two of our emergency dispatchers, uh, Jody Mathis and Ashley Perkins and Officer uh, Douglas Sheets, for actually providing life-saving measures to our residents. I mean, these are individuals who were Listen, they they were flatlined, and uh, we are blessed uh, to have great first responders. And as was mentioned on last night, oftentimes we overlook the emergency dispatchers. They really are the first individuals who we come in contact with after we dial a 911. So um, it's it's so deserving. And to the officers and the EMTs, hey, you know what? We tip our hats to all of them, every one of them. You know, one of the things I love about Mansfield are the special events. And we have a, we have a whole slew of them coming up here, here in the future, don't we? Mansfield, Texas is alive, Steve. We are alive. Let me, let me just give you, uh, just a, a short list of all that's coming up this summer. So, uh, we, um, we approved permits for the pickle cornhole tournament for the king of the corn for a Mansfield, uh, swapper days, uh, and, uh, for our also, uh, the, the pickled, uh, 
Mansfield Society, we're looking for and toward uh, uh, them or at them rather for the great things that, that they're going to do here in the city. Uh, we also highlighted the uh, Juneteenth celebration. You're going to hear a little bit more about that as well. The downtown foodie trail. Listen, I'm telling you that uh, we're coming out of COVID. We're on our way out of this pandemic. And listen, people are ready to get out and just have a great, great time. And uh, this summer is going to be that for all of us. So after awards and special events, you got a little serious. The Election Integrity Subcommittee made a presentation. And what happened there? Yes. And uh, what we did was uh, our subcommittee uh, came together and um, we wanted to make sure that it was clear that 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 the wording and everything is clear on our filing papers for those persons who would like to run for office. Uh, what we're saying is, you know, things like the candidate must be a resident uh, resident and citizen of the city of Mansfield for a period of not less than 12 months immediately preceding his or her election office. Uh, we want to make sure that a candidate uh, uh, must be a qualified voter of the state of Texas and more specifically shall have been a registered qualified voter within the territory in which they are seeking to hold office. So things like that, that that's the kind of language uh, we wanted to bring forward. And uh, now it's going to be this will serve as somewhat of an addendum uh, to um, the uh, filing uh, paperwork. So, uh, you, you know, we're happy about that. I mean, we learn lessons as we move forward, and uh, this is just a part of that. So uh, I was uh, able to uh, chair that uh, subcommittee, and um, um, Julie Short, Councilwoman Short, as well as Councilman Larry Brosh uh, were part of, of our subcommittee. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that in the weeks to come, but uh, I want people to know that we're serious about uh, the way that we conduct elections here in our city. Nice. Regular listeners of this podcast know that historic Mansfield is near and dear to my heart. And you <laughs> talked about that last night in a uh, possible veterans memorial. You know, I am I am very excited about that. Uh, what we did was uh, we, we received updates on historic downtown Mansfield and uh, actually uh, what's going to happen. One of the things that to a person in regard to the city council, we agreed together that we want uh, to make sure that we have a bustling down town. Now, uh, we believe that when you draw people to the city, uh, it, people are able to, uh, if you would, spend their money. And that always helps us by uh, alleviating the tax burden that's on those of us who live here. So uh, we had a preliminary budget update. We, we received a status on the uh, Veterans Memorial and really a feasibility study for uh, possible uh, recreation centers. All of that was given on uh, the other night. And um, I'm excited about this Veterans Memorial. Memorial. I just believe that uh, the citizens of our city, we're going to come together and we're going to build that thing. I just, I just believe it's going to happen. Education is always a great thing here in this town, whether it's uh, going to school or college or, you know, bringing in a library truck or yes. maybe in this case, an environmental truck. Yes, it is. You know, council authorized uh, an interlocal agreement between the city of Mansfield and the North Central Texas Council of Governments. We call them the COG uh, for the purpose of making uh, making state solid waste grant funds available for an environmental education vehicle. Listen, I, I believe that uh, we are stewards of, of uh, God's God's earth. And, and I, I really believe that. So uh, it's the more education that we can offer to our neighbors, our friends, as to how to preserve and take care of, of planet Earth, uh, you know what? The better off we all are. So um, this was a grant. And, uh, you know, I tell you, it's funny because when people hear us talking about solid waste, you know, they pretty well know where that's from. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I tell you what, uh, it's, it's, it's good when you can uh, take a, a poop and make something great out of it. You know, you can just do that. <laughs> You read a touching letter last night, and I'd love to hear it again. Yes, uh, thank you so very much. Uh, I, I did receive a letter from a family uh, in Mansfield, and they wanted to thank our law enforcement officers, in particular, uh, Officer uh, Keandra Brown. And uh, let, let me just read, if you don't mind, just, just the uh, closing paragraph, uh, whereas, oh boy, it is touching. This, this particular person writes... I cannot remember calling the police in the 33 years we have lived 
in Mansfield. But when we needed their help, the officers were promptly here to give all of the aid that they could, the best care, the professionalism, training, expertise, and knowledge to bring our granddaughter home. We are thankful that our community is safe enough that in the five hours that this young lady was missing, she was not harmed. And our neighbors and friends on next door were all praying for her. And we know God's protection was around her. And because of the officer's diligent work in the city of Mansfield, she was safe. And we are so very thankful for the police department, their aid in our town. Uh, I believe that that says a whole lot about uh, the men and women who uh, protect us on a daily basis. Oftentimes, you know, they're not given that credit, but they do this kind of thing every day. So uh, I, I was so happy to receive that letter. Michael Evans, we'll see you in two weeks. Yes, sir. Look forward to being here in two weeks. That's a moment with the mayor on About Mansfield. Roving science reporter Dennis Webb is here with a brief COVID-19 update and this week's science report about space rocks. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. I'll be shortening our COVID-19 reports as each week has been pretty much the same as the week before. The epidemic is still here in Mansfield, just really low, but here and spreading from human to human. Mansfield had eight new cases this past week, a record low, though it has been up and down recently from week to week. We had one new death, a typical week in Mansfield. Tarrant County had 21 deaths from the virus last week. Only 26% of the county's population has been fully vaccinated, and our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to get vaccinated, and there are lots of places where this can happen. One new reason to get vaccinated is a recent preliminary research paper. Several hospitals in Michigan studied 11,000 COVID patients the first four months of 2020. They found 96% fewer hospitalizations in fully vaccinated individuals who were hospitalized compared to unvaccinated individuals who were hospitalized. Last week, I talked about Meteor Crater in Arizona and got me thinking about space rocks falling from the sky. Let's start with the tiniest space rocks. It is estimated that over 2,000 tons of microscopic space dust falls on the Earth every year. These are called micrometeorites. When the rain washes dust and bird poop off each of our roofs, a little of this dust is microscopic dust from space. Some of this dust has been worn off asteroids and comets, and some of it was interstellar dust before our solar system was born. Among the many pollen grains currently in my very irritated sinuses are a few particles of this space dust. Probably not causing me any problem, but they're there. If you dust your house, some of the dust is from space. The dirt in your garden includes micrometeoroids and maybe contributes some minerals that you otherwise have to buy to enrich the soil. Micrometeoroids are everywhere, and they have been falling long before we knew they were falling. Going a little bigger, say from the size of a grain of sand to a four-inch wide space rock, these become shooting stars, burning up as the rock hits the upper atmosphere at very high velocity, and we see them at night. The bigger the rock, the brighter and longer the meteor trail we see. You can't see this happening during the day, but it is still going on, lost in the glare of the sun. Sometimes these meteors completely burn up, and sometimes a small portion hits the surface of the Earth, known as a meteorite. In human history, only about 1,400 meteor falls have led to recovery of the residual meteorite, though 60,000 meteorites have been found. Meteorites are a rare collectible mineral, and there was actually a TV show about meteorite hunters. While falling meteorites like this have damaged a few human possessions and injured a few people over recorded history, it is a lot less risk than being struck by lightning or driving a car. We now know that much bigger space rocks have struck the surface of the Earth over its long history. And if they make it to the ground, they can cause major destruction and leave a big crater, of the sort we see on the moon with any telescope. For example, Meteor Crater in Arizona that we talked about last week, it was formed about 50,000 years ago when a meteorite about 160 feet across hit the surface at something less than 45,000 miles per hour. It was a very bad day to be in that part of Arizona, given the destructive shockwave and 
massive amounts of earth rocks thrown high into the air and later landing. It made a really big hole about 4,000 feet across. We know of about 200 such craters around the earth, but as the surface of the earth is slowly being reformed over geologic time, many, many more such impacts have happened since life formed on this planet. We'll talk about bigger, scarier asteroid impacts next week and what we as humans are doing to try to protect ourselves. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Got a new restaurant opening up here in Mansfield in just uh, a week or so, or coming up very, very quickly. And here to talk about it on the phone is Lindsay Hefner. She is the marketing and event director for El Primo's The Vault. And uh, Lindsay, welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you so much for having me. Describe the concept of The Vault. We decided to bring to Mansfield something that we feel has not been given to our community. And so basically it's Mansfield's own wine bar and piano lounge that is complete with an upscale kitchen. And we have an extensive wine collection. Um, We have a mezzanine and private wine and liquor lockers. What are some of the menu items that people can look forward to? Sure. So uh, we have um, anything from sliced filet. We've got shrimp and grits, lamb lollipops, Um, assortment of flatbread, pizza style. We have the charcuterie board, shrimp cocktail, lots of different appetizers, um, as well as full course meals and desserts. So you can come in and sit down and plan on having full dinner, lunch and dinner there, or if you want it to be, you know, pre-dinner cocktails and appetizers or um, coming in for just a quick bite, we've got everything to cater to your needs. So with uh, uh, with fillets and shrimp and lamb, you you must have hired a, a, a pretty good chef. Tell me about your chef. So our chef comes from Shreveport, Louisiana. His name is Dexter Hewitt. We are extremely honored to have him on board um, and on our team. He uh, has been head chef of many different steak restaurants, um, from standalone steakhouses to inside the casinos over there in Shreveport, Louisiana. So we're very, very honored to have him. He brings um, that Southern steakhouse meets Creole Cajun infusion. And so that's what we are offering over at the vault. Big question. When does the vault open for business? Okay. So beginning June 16th through June 27th, we are going to have a come and go open house event where the community, the community can come and browse the vault. We will have complimentary tabletop charcuterie. We'll have our full bar available. We're going to have wine vendors throughout the week. Uh, we'll have live music on Wednesdays and Thursdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Sundays, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And of course, just to be able to come in and, and see the vaults and everything that we've put for out there for our uh, Mansfield community. We're extremely excited. From June, 20, uh, June 28th through July 11th, we will begin offering our appetizer menu. Then through July 12th on, we will have our full menu open and ready to go. For those people out there who are listening right now whose mouth is watering, where is the vault located? So the vault is actually located in the El Primo's Center at the corner of Matlock and Country Club here in Mansfield. And everybody knows where El Primo's is because that's where the locals go. That's exactly right. We are the only rooftop restaurant in Mansfield. You can't miss us. Lindsay, thanks for your time on About Mansfield. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radzwin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Our broadcast today brings us a timely question from Rachel B., who says... We use our garage as extra space for chilling out in the summertime, but this year the mosquitoes have been absolutely brutal due to all the rain we've gotten. Is there an easy way to make screen panels that will fit in the opening of the garage door to help keep the bugs out while we're relaxing? Thanks for the question, Rachel, and the simple answer is yes. The ease of the project depends on the size of the door opening and what features you want to incorporate in your screens. Obviously, if you're doing a large 16 by 7 opening in a two-car garage, you're not just going to be able to pop some ready-made screen panels in place and call it done. 
There are a few options for you if you don't want to go to the trouble of making frames and stretching screen wire yourself. But any screen panel installation begins with creating some framing in the door opening which will hold the screens in place. Most homes around Mansfield have sectional or roll-up doors, and those lend themselves to an easy and relatively permanent screening installation. You can frame out the opening, whether it's a wide 16x7 door or a standard 8x7 or 9x7 door, with some 2x2 or 2x3 lumber at the front edge of the door jamb. That'll allow you to open and close the overhead garage door as needed. I like to use cedar, even though it's expensive. It'll take the weather well and last for years, particularly if you put in the extra effort and seal or stain it. You'll, of course, need to make a plan for the framing based on the sizes of the pre-made screen panels you buy. Essentially, you're building a stud wall like the ones your home is built from, but with much wider spacing than you'd have in those structural walls, which need to be much stronger than what we're building here. As far as those panels go, you'll have a couple of options. A lot of people go with wooden screen doors, the kind they used to use on houses before aluminum storm doors became popular more than 50 years ago. They're available at your local home improvement store or online, and usually come in a 32-inch and a 36-inch version to accommodate standard entry door sizes. Again, you'll need to stain or paint them to protect them from the weather, but they'll give you a nice traditional look. And if you plan your framing out properly, you can use one of them as an actual access door to allow you to get in and out of the garage space to the driveway if needed. The other affordable option is to buy some replacement aluminum screen panels for sliding patio doors. Again, they're available at your local home center and will likely come in 30-inch and 36-inch versions to fit 5-foot and 6-foot patio doors. If you're ambitious and want a true custom look, you can build the screen panels yourself. Aluminum frame stock is available at the home center, and you'll need that, some pre-made plastic corner pieces that snap into the channel, the screen wire, and the vinyl spline that holds the screen in place. You can also make the frames from wood. Again, I prefer cedar one-bys, and that'll give you the most built-in look when combined with the structural framing members. You'll need some screen molding, appropriately named, which you'll tack over the screen wire to hold it in place. Planning and measuring again is important because you'll want a nice tight fit to keep the bugs out. There are a good number of YouTube videos out there about how to stretch screen wire into place. I'd suggest you look at a few because getting the wire tight and wrinkle free can be difficult, especially when using the metal framing. Patience is a plus. Take your time and work from one end all the way around the perimeter of the frame to ensure that the screening is taut and tight. Once the panels are built to size, you'll need to add stops to the frame that's taking up the garage door opening in order to keep the screen panels in place. You can do this with quarter round molding, or you can rip down some cedar one bys if you have access to a table saw. Install the stops at the front of the garage door framing, then pop the panels in behind them. After they're in place, just add some more stops in behind the screen panels to fully capture them, and you're done. So what happens when you want your garage back to protect your car in the wintertime? Well, that's part of the planning process. I build the framing that's occupying the garage door opening in sections so that it can be easily taken apart and stored in the off-season along with the screen panels. If you plan right, you might even be able to store them in your attic so they're not in the way all winter. Rachel, that should get you started on your project. I hope it goes well and gives you bug-free relaxation in your seasonally converted garage space. And if you listeners have a home improvement or repair project or question you'd like help with, send it to me so I can solve it on the air. I do so love a challenge. You can reach me via the podcast email or connect with my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. I've also got a website and a YouTube channel coming soon, so I'll be able to show you how to solve some of the common issues we handle on air. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist. Terry Radswin. Brian Certain is mixing up a concoction that screams it's summer in the cocktail of the week. Brian. With the official start of summer starting this week, I decided that for this week and for the next nine weeks, I'm going to be bringing you some of mine and my friend's favorite summer libations. To start us off, we're going to start with the bourbon smash. According to imbibemagazine.com, it's good to keep one constant in mind is that a smash is a julep, but a julep is not always a smash. So one of the earliest examples of a smash appears in the form of a julep recipe that's in the often mentioned Jerry Thomas's 1862 How to Mix Drinks or the Bon Vivant's Companion. Though Thomas doesn't mention the smash by name, 
through his definition of the julep, clearly he lays the foundation for the future of the category. He begins by calling the julep a peculiarly American beverage that is most popular in the South. And though he declares that a real mint julep must be made from a dozen mint leaves, a spoonful of white sugar, and equal parts of peach and common brandy topped with crushed ice, he does acknowledge that there were many versions in existence, many of them perfectly delicious. Fast forward to 1888 and turn to the barman Harry Johnson, who, unlike Thomas, addresses the smash directly as a separate cocktail from the julep. Though he's not especially wordy on the topic, Johnson does include four distinct smash recipes. His old-style whiskey smash, which is a concoction of sugar, water, mint, small pieces of ice, and one wine glass of whiskey. He adds to that glass with fruits in season, giving a mix and served in it with a julep strainer. In contrast, his fancy whiskey smash is stirred and strained into a fancy bar glass and ornamented with fruit. Johnson's fancy brandy smash is nearly identical, though brandy replaces the whiskey. And his Medford rum smash only differs from the other fancy smashes in that it calls for fine ice rather than shaved, and it's served in a sour glass rather than the fancy bar glass. Other than the fact that these drinks seem to have been strained before serving, Johnson smashes resemble many of today's interpretations. Though there are many more variables these days, sometimes the ice is crushed, sometimes it's shaved, sometimes fruit is added to the drink, sometimes it's just a garnish, the basic elements still remain consistent. A spirit base, ice, sometimes a splash of water, mint or other herb like basil, sugar, and the ever-present seasonal fruit. Like many cocktails, the question of the smash exact definition is a question of semantics. The smash is an open-ended cocktail, freely variable and seasonably flexible. There must be ice, though you may strain it out if you prefer. I don't. There should be fruit in season, though you may use it simply as a garnish. There should be a spirit base, though you can use your spirit of choice. For me, we're going to be using bourbon today. Mint is a classic choice, though many other herbs can work. You may want to water your smash down a little or add a spritz of seltzer. At its heart, the smash is a wonderfully forgiving and flexible drink made for hot days and for using what's on hand and for smashing it together over ice for pure sipping bliss. Now, don't worry about taking notes as I'm giving the ingredients and instructions. They're always posted on bourbongospel.com. So my version of the bourbon smash. First, the ingredients. Two ounces of a good bourbon. My go-to is Evan Williams Bottled and Bond 100 Proof. It's the white label, in case you're wondering. You're going to need one small lime and one small lemon. You're going to need two ounces of simple syrup and five to seven mint leaves. And then you're going to need enough ice to hand crush the ice for the cocktail. Tools that you're going to need. You're going to need a tall or a Tom Collins glass. You're going to need a muddler. You're going to need a Lewis bag, and you're going to need a small bat or a mallet to crush the ice in the Lewis bag. How do we put together this wonderful concoction? First thing you're going to do is you're going to cut the small lemon and the lime in half and then into quarters. You're going to place two of the quarters of the lemon and the lime into the cocktail glass. You're then going to place the mint leaves in that same glass, as well as the simple syrup. You're then going to muddle the fruit, the mint, and the simple syrup until they're well blended. You're then going to place ice in your Lewis bag and use the mallet to hand crush the ice. By doing it this way versus cheating and going to Sonic and getting their crushed ice, you actually end up with a drier ice product that then becomes very easy to form and put into the glass. The Lewis bag helps to absorb that extra moisture, which makes it very moldable in your hand. You're going to then fill that glass with that freshly crushed ice, and then you're going to pour the bourbon on top. You're going to then take your drink and toss it back and forth with your mixing tumbler, and then you're going to add and top it off with additional crushed ice and give a final stir with your bar spoon. Garnish with a fresh mint spring, 
and you're ready to have a slice of summer. This is a fun cocktail to make at home. Take your time making the cocktail, and remember, you can't rush perfection. Experiment with additional seasonal fruits like peaches, strawberries, blueberries, and even watermelon. But as always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And as Mark Twain says, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Sunday is Father's Day. It was back in 1916 that President Woodrow Wilson wanted to make the day official, but Congress resisted, fearing that the observance would become too commercial. How prophetic Congress was back then. Once again, a president nearly intervened, but President Calvin Coolidge stopped short of issuing a national proclamation in 1924. It wasn't until 1966 that President Lyndon B. Johnson issued the first presidential proclamation honoring fathers on the third Sunday in June. So whether it's a soap on a rope or a kiss the chef apron, let's see if the weather's going to allow dad to unwrap his gifts on the patio. Colleen? Let's take a look at our seven-day forecast for Mansfield, Texas. The gates of hell have opened, and we'll be looking at seasonably toasty temperatures for the next week, with highs generally in the mid to upper 90s and lows in the low to mid 70s. The dew points will be dropping, so while it will still be hot, our heat index will ease up a bit, which will be a little more comfortable. Father's Day is Sunday, and while soap on a rope might melt in Dad's hands in this weather, he will be thrilled to open his new pool float, or frozen margarita maker, out on the patio. Meanwhile, the Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that you keep your irrigation controller off this week. Sunny skies and above-normal temperatures this week will start to dry out our saturated soils. With no rain in the forecast, we'll probably have a watering recommendation next week. Be sure your sprinklers are working correctly and spraying the lawn, not the street. As always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Congratulations to Jessica Ross, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. There's a roadside monument in the 800 block of North Main Street memorializing Earl C. Driscoll. What did Driscoll do for a living? According to the headstone itself, Earl Claude Driscoll was a newspaperman. Historic Mansfield Incorporated cites that Driscoll was educated as a lawyer and started his journalism career in 1907 when he joined the staff of the Fort Worth Star. Largely through his editorial efforts, a major road bond package was passed in 1911 that set an example for other state and local highway programs. Jessica has won a $25 gift card to Torchy's Tacos. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. Can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients 
experience, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Epic Voices and Conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Hey, business owners. Have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817-913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to the brand new Torchy's Tacos. You can find them at the shops at Broad, featuring award-winning queso, a full bar, and a variety of damn good tacos. You can find them on the internet at torchystacos.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, this week's trivia question is for those who love numbers, such as degrees, minutes, and seconds. The question is, what are the latitude and longitude coordinates for the intersection of Broad and Main Street in historic Mansfield? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what are the latitude and longitude coordinates for the intersection of Broad and Main Street in Historic Mansfield? Good luck, and thanks to Jessica at Torchies for the gift card. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. Today, we present part two of our interview with Stephen Shaw, also known as Elvis T. Busboy. We'll talk about music, TV game shows, and the ever-popular lightning round. When we left off last week, we had just gotten into his days working for restaurateur PJ Belly, and that's where we'll pick up the conversation today. Enjoy. So a shout out to PJ. PJ Belly uh, gave me my start. Um, uh, No longer with us, Um, but he gave me my start. And then, uh, so that was January, January 23rd, 1990 is when Belly's open. That's the beginning of my career. And then, um, so right before New Year's 92, he fired me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. he had by this point so like i said when when we got started i was the breakout they're doing interviews with me on the local news there's a write up about me in the local paper um and i never had any of this yeah. you know and my head would not have fit through that door um and then finally like i said at one you know going along here it's just pure adrenaline and energy and stuff like that. I don't know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden I just sort of had a little, an epiphany one night of, um, look, if this is what you're going to do, then learn how to do it. And so like nearly overnight, I taught myself how to sing from my diaphragm, how to open up my throat, how to push a lot of air. Um, and now all of a sudden I'm hitting, I'm singing on key. Yeah. I'm hitting all these notes that I wasn't hitting before. And my head shrunk. And now all I want to do is sing. All I want to do is practice, 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 practice. Well, so fast forward almost two years later. Um, now, Belly is having his uh, head trip. He's got all these people whispering in his ear how great he is and how much I'm taking up his spotlight. Oh, no. And so I got fired. Firing was probably the best thing that happened to you, though. In reality, 
uh, you know, in the moment it was heartbreaking yeah. and, and I was amazingly angry. Um, but hindsight being 2020 and you look back on it, it was exactly what I needed. And you were about how old? Um, so I was, uh, I was 21. Okay. Um, So it was time to put a band together. Yeah. Yeah. So the way he went about it is what really made people angry. And I mean, like the whole city, like you had to choose the side. Oh no. Um, and so he fired me and then several of our regular band members quit and they went with me and we all played together for a while. It finally got to a point of, and a buddy of mine gave, a buddy of mine gave us a house gig at his hotel that was right across the parking lot. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it was, it was easily the best thing that could have happened to me because it made me stand on my own two feet. It made me put my own band together. Um, eventually I hooked up and started playing around a little bit with my current band, the Blues Butchers. Mm-hmm. Who were an autonomous band. That's why it's always been Elvis T. Busboy and the Blues Butchers. They were a band, self-contained, and they had all come out of a uh, fairly famous Lubbock band called the Nelsons. And the Nelsons had like won the MTV basement tapes back in the day when it yes. was make your own video and send it in to us. And they put together like this NCAA tournament thing. Um, and you have to call 800 numbers and vote for your favorite video. Was it the Nelsons that there were two? No. Different, so, different, so, different Nelsons. So my guys were the Nelsons. Okay. Came out of Lubbock. Then Ricky Nelson's kids showed up. This is who I'm thinking of. Gunner and Matthew. Yes. They started, they initially tried to call themselves the Nelsons. And my guys said, um, cease and desist. If you continue, we will take you to court. And so Ricky's kids became simply Nelson. Ah, gotcha. Um, the guys in my, my guys, uh, eventually they got super, super close to the mountaintop, but never could quite get over it. And so they started this side thing. The blues, uh, blues butchers started playing with me and we went in a different direction. And so they basically kind of just gave up the Nelsons. Now, if you hear the Nelsons, it's definitely Ricky's kids. They, they right. have, they have since taken <laughs> it back over. Uh, let's talk about the blues butchers. Yeah. Great guys of musicians. Amazing. And I, I mentioned the, the, the guitar player yes. with the, the mic stand, John Sprott. John Sprott. Shout out to John. Absolutely. Uh, World's greatest unknown guitar player. So you had John. You had a keyboard player named Tim. Tim Alexander was our keyboard the player. The late Tim Alexander. The late great Tim Alexander, um, who had uh, played for years and years and years before joining us with Asleep at the Wheel yep. and won five Grammy Awards with those guys. And mm-hmm. a case can be made that um, not to discount not to discount Ray Benson, who is a very good friend of mine. So if any of this gets back to him, not discounting Ray's involvement or activity or participation. But there is a, a case that could be made that a lot of the Grammys, the majority of the Grammys that, that Tim won were due to Tim's efforts with the band um, okay. production and and um, um uh, editing and, and whatnot, you know, uh, I can't think of the categories now, right now off the top of my head, but, but yeah, amazing guy, amazing player, amazing musician, um, amazing human being. Um, and unfortunately no longer with us. Yeah. If nothing else, if we got nothing out of Tim's passing, um, it got John and I kind of back together because we had played, we started playing together in, in August of 92, and um, had played together for um, 25 years nonstop. Hmm. And I got burned out and I needed a break. And it was going to turn into one of these things of either I start firing people in the band or I just fire myself. So I fired myself. Yeah. Um, just just to be out for a while. And and then I got to talking to John a little bit and he was like, yeah, you know what? I could use a break. And, um, I said, I get it. Let's take a break. 
And so that's what we had done for several years. And, you know, for me, it allowed me to be more involved with my, my daughters in their, in their finishing up high school years and whatnot. So that was nice. And, but then Tim passing away allowed John and I to get back together to plan his memorial, uh, if nothing else. Okay. And then it kind of turned into, all right, you ready? And he's like, yep, I'm ready. Let's go. We can go again. again. Now, check this out. I didn't know this until a, a couple of years ago, but I've been friends with John and Sarah Damore mm. for yeah. forever. We, yeah. we used to go to church together. We used to sing in the choir where John right. played bass and, and, yeah. and Sarah's got that heavenly voice. Yes. And, and now I knew that, that John Sprott mm-hmm. would, would come out and perform mm-hmm. with the Demores. The Demores, right. Did not know until about a year or so ago yeah. that John Sprott and Sarah Damore, our brother and brother sister. And sister, right. And so if you in the listening audience have a chance to go see the Demores that play around Mansfield and Arlington. Or the Serotones. The Serotones, yes. If they are performing with John Sprott, go see the Serotones. Yes. Because John is is uh, he is worth the ticket itself. Yeah, they're all tremendously talented. Yeah. But uh it turned it's turned for me. When when I decided to start doing gigs again, I just made the decision. Um, I'm not doing them without John. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you see me, you're going to see John Sprott. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, all tremendously talented people. Uh, and I think if you see them listed as the Serotones, then Sprott should be a part of it. That's right. I believe that's right. Right. If they're delisted as the Demores, yeah. it's just a duo. Yes. The, the husband and wife, John and Sarah Demore, the Serotones yes. has, has John yeah. Sprott. Mm-hmm. Are your daughters musically inclined? No. No. Uh, they both can sing. Uh, cause they've, and they've gotten up when they were little, they'd get up, they'd come to my gigs from time to time and I'd let them get up and sing. And so they both can sing. Um, but musically inclined, no, not, I, I would not say that. We've covered the bus boy, Steven. Yeah. We've covered the musician, Steven. Yeah. The, the daddy, Steven. Yes. Let's talk about the Jeopardy contestant, Steven. Ah, uh, yes. What year were you on Jeopardy? Uh, would have been, um, I went out to tape in November of 2012. And then I think it aired in March of 2013. And I've seen that episode. You told Alex Trebek that you want his job. No, I didn't. I didn't want it's, Alex's job. I told him I wanted Johnny's job. I wanted no, the announcer's want the, job. The, the back, yeah. the, the offstage announcer. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to be the guy that. I want to be the guy that does the. This is Jeopardy. How'd you do in Jeopardy? I crapped out. Oh, I came in second. Do you recall what the now they give you the answer? You have to come up with a question. Right. What do you recall the final Jeopardy answer? Yeah, company names, corporate names was the category. The category is company names, and so it was. Um, it was this Kansas City-based corporation's name is still a term used in goldsmithing to indicate quality. That's what I did. I com- I completely blanked. <laughs> I was shaking my head no. <laughs> I completely blanked. And here's the here's the the crazy thing is when I'd gone for my tryout for for the for the interview portion. Yeah. I had to go to Kansas City. That was where my tryout was. That's where my interview was. I had to go to Kansas City. I walked through the center that is named for this company. Mm-hmm. And this company is a big deal in Kansas City. Uh, Hallmark. Okay. So the term Hallmark is still used in goldsmithing as an indication of quality. Was Jeopardy a stair step to any other game shows? I've also been on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And did you walk away a millionaire? No, I did not. Did you phone a friend? Uh, they, so I was on the syndicated version, and oh. they didn't do that anymore. No. Oh. Uh, and and I, I, I crapped out on, uh, on a millionaire. Jaylee, so my wife went with me, and she's sitting in the crowd behind me. And she had told me beforehand, she goes, if I think you are gambling, if I think you are just winging it, 
gut, you know, uh, gut feeling. Yeah. I'm going to throw a shoe at you. <laughs> you know, um, you take your time, you work it out, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you do have the lifelines. Right. So I used one of my lifelines. I was up to like 40 grand and I get this question and I sit there and I'm, I'm working it through. I'm working it through. I've already eliminated two of the answers. You know, I'm down to two answers and I think I've got it, you know? And so I went with it. You know, it, it, I, I absolutely thought it through and I went and I missed. Mm. Um, and I still had lifelines, you know, that I could have used. Did you get the shoe in the head? I did not because she did re she did recognize that I did think it out. I did talk it through. Okay. You know, uh, but millionaire was fun. <clears throat> millionaire was in New York. So that was the first time I'd ever been to the city. Um, and the, uh, the little production, the talent girl that was like my handler. Yeah. Um, she talked it over with the production people. And so they let me sing a song. And so John Sprott and I uh, wrote a song. She brought me a guitar. And so I got to sing a song on uh, the, the song that we wrote on Millionaire with uh, Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, but that was a, that was another one that um, the Hallmark one nobody ever gets. The millionaire one, it kind of depends on your um, uh, if you've traveled, you know, or what your background is. Okay, and so it was um, possibly the world's uh, first mall. Trajan's market in this world capital, uh, or, or uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm getting the wording wrong, but it was uh, uh, Trajan's market in this world capital was possibly the world's first mall. So my choices were London, Paris, Athens, Rome. Okay, I immediately eliminate London and Paris because they're not old enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at Rome or Athens. And so what I'm sitting there, what's, what's going on in my head is I'm sitting there looking at the word Trajan and my head keeps trying to transpose it into Trojan. Right. And then at the same time, I'm sitting there going, well, the Greeks were an earlier civilization and they had these big outdoor markets they called Agoras. And so really and truly what I should have done is I should have backed off for a second, like, um, you know, talk to Cedric. And then come back at it and realize that Trajan's capitalized. It's a person or it's a place name or something. What's going on with that? Well, so I said Athens and it was Rome because of Emperor Trajan. Uh, so my keyboard player and his girlfriend are watching this when it airs and they're yelling at the TV. Oh, no. Rome, 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 Rome. Because <laughs> they went to Rome. They've been to Trajan's market, you know. Um, so, so I miss it, you know, oh man, you know, well, listen, we really appreciate you being on the show. Um, thanks for coming out and singing for us, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, they tell me to exit up into the crowd, walk up this staircase into the crowd and then just wait and they'll rap, you know, and then they'll move on, whatever. Right. So that's what I do. I walk up into the crowd and I'm just standing there on this staircase and some lady sitting next to me in the crowd says, I knew that. Oh no. The <laughs> yeah, he, he had, he had, she's not talking to me, but she's like, I knew that he still had two lifelines left. Didn't even use his lifelines. And of course I'm sitting there. I am crushed. I am absolutely crushed. And <laughs> It's all I could do to not turn and look at her and go, listen, you let me know when you get on the show. That's right. <laughs> I'll be in the audience. But yes, both, I mean, both of them tremendous experiences, you know, wish I would have done better, but uh, too much fun. Stephen Shaw, what's your favorite ice cream? Chocolate. Anything chocolate. Chocolate. We're getting toward the end of our interview. Yes. Is this where we get the uh, inside the actor's studio? This is gonna, very yeah, gonna, very similar. You're going to pull out the big blue cards? Yes. Okay. Yes. This is called the lightning round. Ah, the lightning round. Yes. Excellent. This is where our listeners really get to know Stephen okay, Shaw. Okay, here we go. Simple game of this or that. Okay. Starts very simple. All right. 
night or day? There's a point in my life where I would have said night, but I'd probably say day these days. Rich or successful? I think one leads to the other. I'd go successful. Skydiving or bungee jumping? Bungee jumping. Straight up or on the rocks? I drink Tawaka. Just get it in a, in a glass and hand it to me. So I'm going to go straight. Plastic or paper? Paper, always. Apple or orange? Orange. That's the wrong answer. Is it? Yeah. Dang it! Crapped out again. You can't dip an orange in peanut butter. You can't dip an orange in peanut butter, but you can dip an orange in chocolate. London or Paris? I've never been to either, um, but I'd probably go London so I could go to Apple Studios. Comfort or speed? Ooh. Uh, now in my fifth decade, I'd go comfort. Hot or cold? Cold. I can always put more on. I can only take off so many clothes in the summer before the police get called. Star Trek or Star Wars? I think I got to go Trek. Trek? I think I have to go Trek. I don't know. Mm. I, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, there are there are things about each of them that I really enjoy. I am very much a nerd for sci-fi and, and comic book stuff. Um, but yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I generally, though, like the ethos of Trek. Yeah. You know, I do I do really like kind of the Wild West of Star Wars, but I kind of like the ethos of Trek. What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, again, still chocolate. Still chocolate. Stephen Shaw, if people wanted to know more about the Blues Butchers and mm-hmm. Elvis T. Busboy, is there a website or somehow, how can they find out where your upcoming the shows are? The best place to catch us right now... Uh, is going to be on Facebook. Just search for Elvis T. Busboy. Uh, I'm in the process of revamping our website. Once I get it back up and running, it'll be available at ElvisTBusboy.com, but um, I don't think you're going to find anything there right now. Uh, so find us on Facebook, Elvis T. Busboy. But yeah, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Elvis T. Busboy, um, and you can find us here in the area. Um, June the 12th at Jay Gilligan's in Arlington, uh, eight to midnight for my wife's birthday party. Nice. Stephen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and, uh, thanks for having me. Come on by anytime. Awesome. I'd be happy to. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will have the latest Mansfield news, talk, and information. We will also talk with the son of a country music icon. Care to guess who it is? Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free. It's easy. Just go to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. School Board Recap, Courtney Wilson. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield.